Blog Talk Radio. Smile 
As I look back on roads I've crossed Traveling down memory lane But without all of those that I loved and lost Life is not the same For all the good times I can recall To all I've loved God bless you all The happiest moments That I'll ever know Were once upon A long time ago Once upon a time once upon a time, once upon a long time ago. That's right. Beautiful song by Jesse Goldberg, uh, writing the song and singing it, and it just begged for lyrics uh, to uh, have Eastern Airlines uh, because we go back in memory um, every Monday this time and uh, once upon a long time ago we travel back and think about Eastern and and it's a lot of fun to do this and um, we have sad news uh, from time to time and uh, Michael uh, Zoll the the former president of uh, the Eastern Airlines Retiree Association has posted uh, several names on the Facebook that uh, uh, those that have passed uh, passed on, taken that final flight west. And Michael's done a good job of keeping uh, keeping in touch uh, us in touch with uh, with that uh, sad news and. Uh, one of the ones that recently passed away, and we're not certain to the exact year, but uh, it, it was given August 7th of 2020, and Michael said we lost our good friend, the radio show, and uh, the good friend of many at Eastern Airlines, Jim Hart. Jim Hart passed away, and it was given as August 7th, 2020. Now, many of you remember Jim as... Uh, is one of the earliest announcers on the radio show. Jim called in to the show one time, and he had such a great voice, that New England voice, uh, jovial. Uh, when he talked, it seems like you could see the smile that uh, he was never without. And Jim did a great job hosting our show, and uh, we appreciate uh, the many hours that he spent over the years, at least uh, uh, six or seven years that he was a host, he had some health problems, and um, I had the pleasure of of, uh, of uh, having Jim stop by Jacksonville on his way north to his house up there in Martha's Vineyard, which we threatened to take advantage of his hospitality and all of the radio show gang show up there for a... Uh, for a weekend and a week weekend of partying and lobstering 
uh, at, at any rate, it was always a pleasure to uh, have lunch with Jim and Trudy, his uh, his wife that passed away about five or six years ago. I can't remember exactly when. But um, I don't know whether, uh, Mike, you, you knew. Mike Scott is with us as a host, and Al Jenkins up. And let me say hello to our host that uh, are are on the show with us today. Al Jenkins is up there in the Atlanta area. Al, are you with me now? Yes, I'm here. Okay, how are things in Atlanta? Not quiet right now. Uh, supposed to get the storm, so we're just waiting on that to come through. Yeah, the uh, the rains and hopefully not powerful winds of Fred, Tropical Storm Fred. So I hope you batten down the hatches and uh, that you'll come through this without any uh, leaves falling off a tree. So good luck, uh, Al. And Mike Thank Scott you. up there in Long Island. Mike, Mike, how you doing? We're doing fine. It's uh, 79 degrees and partly sunny. Nice day out there. And I greet all of the hosts and listeners, whoever they may be out there today. Okay, and uh, yeah, I was about to ask you the question if you uh, remember Jim Hart and being with us on the show. Yes, I do. He was on there when I first came on with you guys a little over three years ago, and uh, he was always good for his little cliches. And when he, one of the ones that we all remember <laughs> was when he he used to say, "Holy blue Sunoco." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Holy blue Sunoco. <laughs> And then he had he had uh, Chuck Albright saying it also when he was yeah. temporarily out, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I've got a, a little airplane buzzing outside, but I think it's the lawnmower that cranks up in my backyard every every Monday about this time, and it seems to uh, he, he seems to delay it until he knows I'm on the air with the radio show, and then he he, he buzzes the lawnmower right beside the window that uh, we have our studio here in my home. But uh yeah, yep. Jim was Jim was a lot of fun. He really was on the air yeah. and uh and I just love to hear him laugh. He had a great laugh. And uh yeah. He added a lot of personality to the show. He sure did. He sure did. Can you hear that lawnmower in the background? It's driving me crazy. No. You can't, okay. Well maybe the listeners can't. But Jim wrote uh, some articles for the Wings of Man, uh, the book that the Eastern Airlines Retiree Association put together, and uh, it's a coffee table book, and you've heard me talk about it many times on the air, about how I have some extra copies. I've got about 10 of them. Michael Zoll sent me 20 copies, and I'm down to about 10 left now. I recently sent Renee uh, McKinnon up in uh, uh, Toronto, Canada, one. And um, so I've still got 10, and they're wonderful books. And I was just looking at uh, the book, and Jim Hart wrote a story. Uh, Jim dates back with Eastern in the late 50s and the 60s uh, that he was uh, representing Eastern as a sales manager in Washington, D.C., and this story that I want to read that uh, was written by Jim, there were two stories in this book that were written by Jim, but this one is titled, 
Eastern tried in-flight entertainment before movies came along by Jim Hart. An unusual duty for a sales manager is the subtitle. It goes, in mid-1963, when I was sales manager in Washington, D.C., I was called upon to assist in a program of in-flight entertainment, along with six other young, outgoing, and energetic gentlemen, brought to the New York home office, where the program was explained by Vice President of Sales Bill Morissetti and Director of Sales Marvin Bird. We were directed to a beautiful shop in Midtown called After Six. There, that I was outfitted with, uh, with a soft shirt complete with studs, tuxedo trousers with a cummerbund, a bow tie, a seersucker jacket, and the shiniest pair of black shoes. Given the title director of in-flight entertainment, we were sent to our respective places to begin our tour of unusual duty. My duty station was Boston Logan Airport, and I had to be there at 6 p.m. each day during this trial period. My flight, a DC-8, left at 9 p.m. for Miami, and I was carrying a bingo board with holes in it to hold the balls and a briefcase loaded with gift certificates. At 7.30 p.m., a space near the boarding gate had been set aside for me to greet both passengers and those seeing them off and inviting them to enjoy cookies and punch before boarding. I told the passengers that they were in for a treat and a chance to win some fabulous prizes. By 8.45 p.m., most passengers were on board, and, and it was time for me to make my way to the aft station jump seat under which I would store, I could store my equipment. Now, after takeoff, the stewardess had made their announcements, and I was introduced. I introduced myself again and explained that we were going to play bingo, and that the stewardesses would pass out bingo cards for the passengers. The games began, and I awarded a certain prize depending on who won. Lord forbid that, as happened with one of the other fellows, an 86-year-old lady won water ski lessons at Lee's Ski School on Biscayne Bay. The prizes were quite good. Dinner at the Bal Harbor Hotel, a two-day trip by boat to the Bahamas, including all meals for two, dinners at leading Miami Beach restaurants, and etc. One hectic event occurred when we hit some turbulence and all my bingo balls went flying off the board. All I could do was to continue calling numbers, knowing that I had sufficient prizes to give away. In this situation, only four person yelled bingo at the same time. We landed at Miami International Airport at 11 p.m., and I checked into the airport hotel, leaving a call for 6 a.m. in order to catch my flight back north at 7. It was a DC-7 with stops in Palm Beach, and Orlando, and Jacksonville, and Raleigh-Durham, and Richmond, and Washington National, where I left the airplane to run home, kiss my wife, pat my dog, and prepare to board the air shuttle at 4 p.m. for Boston and begin the day's duty all over again. 
As a group, we were called to a meeting at uh, the New York Home Office to critique our adventures, and it was a riot hearing of some of the situations encountered by, by other fellows. The program lasted for three months, and would you believe movies came along right after our program? On one of my return flights north, and while standing in line to board the flight, a person behind me asked if I was one of the social directors for Eastern. Yes. Can I help you, I replied. Yes, said the young couple. We won the boat trip to the Bahamas. It was at that moment that I realized they were a honeymoon couple. I asked how they enjoyed the trip. They explained that when they went to catch the boat, it had been taken to dry dock for some sort of repair, so they never made it to the Bahamas. I took their names and addresses, and when I returned, I called the home office and told them the situation. Eventually, we sent them to Puerto Rico and paid for two nights in a hotel. This adventure showed that Eastern was trying to find a method to take the fear of flying off the minds of travelers. By the looks on the faces of those who took part in our in-flight games, it really worked. The Jim Hart. A great story, great guy we lost uh, recently. uh, And uh, I just wanted to read a story that um, I thought typified Jim Hart being the jovial Jim Hart that uh, the radio show and listeners uh, remember. And um, he had a lot of stories that he told on air. And, of course, all these stories are available in the archive on our website, EALradioshow.com, where you can listen to any of our over 600 episodes now of the radio show. And um, uh, any thoughts about that story, uh, Jim or Al? Well, I think any, any, anybody that's got uh, this lit may be listening in. If they haven't, if they have anything to do with Eastern, they, uh, if you've got ten of those books left, that's a uh, it's a very uh, good price for that uh, for the for the quality of that book. And it's there's so many pictures in there and so many articles and everything. It's one of the best ones that I've ever seen. I have two or three copies of it myself. I guess they're going to leave me behind for my uh, for my sons when I kick the bucket, so they won't have to argue over them. So, uh, but that yeah. uh, really, it's really a great book and, uh, and very heavy and uh, and just loaded with information. Once you pick it up, you can't put it down. That's the truth, and and it's written by all employees uh, of just about yeah. every department with Eastern. It's really great stories, and you know a lot of. Times uh, those that uh, fly the airplanes as crew members, we don't know what happens in security or in advertising, sales and marketing, like Jim uh, did, and uh, things like that. And this book really tells it well. It really does. It goes into a lot of information, even about the um, the flights that uh, we did for the military air lifts right, that yeah. uh, we made and and it's some good stuff in here the cuban airlift and some great stuff there's over 200 pages in the book 260 or 70 pages to be exact and uh, i remember when it was first being uh considered as far as publishing this this type of book the fellow that did the book put it all together 
uh, called me because I had just completed a book of compiled Eastern pilot stories, and uh, it's called it was called the best of repartee. Repartee being the Retired Eastern Pilots Association's magazine that was published uh, three times a year for a while, and then two times, and then recently it uh, went out of uh, public publication. But uh, over the years, the 35 years, uh, when I put this book together, along with my real good friend and Eastern employee of 42 years, uh, Admiral John Engel, he was a retired Navy admiral, but he was with Eastern for 42 years, and I had the pleasure of, of being a, a real good friend. And he, I had a desk in my office for John, and in his later years, he died at 97. But uh, he had some remarkable stories that were published in the re retired Eastern Pilots magazine. But um, I guess the fellow that published this book saw my book or our book and called me for some stories to be put into the book and, and uh, this book. And I said, well, I can make reference uh, to some stories that you may want to contact those that wrote these stories to see if they would allow it to be published. And I did, and, and he credited uh, uh, myself and John and also Jim Holder, uh, host on the show, also added uh, a couple of stories uh, to the book. But it's a beautiful book, like you said, Mike, and it's $25. I'll send it to you. Now, I discovered that sending a book to Canada was a little bit more expensive than the normal mailing of about $7, and uh, it was quite a bit because it has to go through customs and everything. So if you're calling from a, or sending uh, an email to me for a book, uh, if you're out of the country, then it might be a little bit more than $25. But $25 will get you the book with the dust cover, and like I've mentioned, it's really a beautiful coffee table book that you'll want to display right out in your living room or your study or wherever. And um, it, it makes a great gift, too, if you want to give it for the holidays coming up in the next quarter, I think. Golly, this year is skipping by so fast. It's hard to keep it track of today. It's, it's hard to keep. Even though we're restricted to our houses anymore, it seems like time still passes. It, <laughs> the clock doesn't it stop. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you got to have all of these books. I mean, it, you can still, of course, get the the one you're talking about, uh, the the latest one there. But the uh, the best of Reaper Tea, every once yeah. in a while, you'll see that on eBay and also the uh, the DVD that uh, that, uh, yeah. that covers Jerry, the same thing. Jerry Frost put the DVD together. That's yeah. right. He sure did a great DVD of all of them. I think he went up to 42 years or something like that. He carried it beyond the 35 years. and But he put every book in, every book that was published from when it was a newsletter of about two or four pages uh, to color, print, columns, a uh, beautiful book, uh, magazines. And so he put every magazine in that. So you you say you still still see it on eBay? Uh, some well, of them. I haven't seen it for a while, but I, I had seen it in the past because I had I usually will pick them up when I see them because I got a couple couple of uh, 
couple of the best of Reaper T, uh, the books. And, of course, I had bought them from my mom, too, when she was still around. Oh. So I have hers. And, uh, of course, I got the tapes also. I think I, I think I bought them from Jerry back when they first came out. I, I think I bought two or three of them. Yeah, but okay. I haven't seen them on, uh, on eBay. I, I did see them on eBay uh, some years back. I haven't seen lately. Yeah. When we ran out of books, I maintained a case of them <laughs> myself. I felt like I deserved to have a, a case of books. Uh, we printed about 2,400 of these books. And, boy, they went fast. I mean, they went fast. But I maintained a, a one case of them, and I think there were 24 books in a case. And I still have about four or five of them left. And... Um, so, yeah, and they're in new condition. I don't know whether I want to sell those or not, but at any rate, uh, I go back. But I took a lot of stories out of that book and came up with my little edited uh, book called The Wings of Many. And, and we're just uh, going to bring that up, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But in that book, I had a lot of flight attendants that wrote some stories, and it was a lot of fun putting that book together. And, uh, of course, I contributed my own boom boom story and um <laughs> and um that was a lot of fun to do but uh hey listen i want to play this song to see if you guys remember this this song it and i'd never heard this version of this old house beautiful song my wife's sitting here and she says oh i love it so here goes Stuart Ham hamlin who wrote the song, tell us about how he wrote it, and then the song itself. So enjoy, I think it's about six minutes. Enjoy this. You'll like the story behind the song. Some years back, when I was on a hunting trip way up in the high Sierra mountain range, I had a rather strange thing happen to me. It was a cold, and I do mean a cold day. I'd ridden my horse up over a big ridge and was letting him blow a bit, and I happened to look away off down in a wild, desolate-looking valley, and I could see an old log cabin. Well, I was about in the mood to freeload somebody off a cup of coffee. So I rode my horse down toward the place. But when I rode up, I was rather disappointed because it looked like there was nobody living there. I could see the front door had been blown down, kind of like it had been wrestling with a storm. In fact, it was a lonely-looking place. I was just about to ride on when I got a big surprise. An old hound dog came staggering out of that old cabin and just real wearily like lay down on the porch. Now, I know a dog will not long remain at a deserted place, but if his master is in that place, he'll stay there till he starves to death, and this dog looked like he wasn't far from doing that. Because that old dog was there and because there was no smoke coming out of that chimney, that place might have looked deserted, but I knew it wasn't. This dog was telling me a story. And I thought to myself, there's something wrong here. The thought hit me with a foreboding premonition. 
there was a man there somewhere. I swung down off my horse, walked up to the porch, and that old dog wearily got up and started slowly back into the house, same as to say, Come on, I'll lead you to him. I stepped over the old door that was caved in. It was dark in the old house, and I I couldn't see anybody about. I saw the old dog standing over by another door. I walked over and opened it, and I saw him. A little old man on a couch. As I walked up closer, I could see that he had snow on his chest. Snow that had sifted in through a broken window pane above him. I don't know how long the old man had been dead. He he just looked like he was asleep. His old dog came up and began to whine. Now and then he'd look up to me with a pleading look, same as say, can't you do something to help him? Then I happened to notice shabby window curtains that would sway back and forth every time the wind came through that broken window. A man's not going to put up window curtains in a cabin that's at least 20 miles from the nearest road. A man won't do that. A woman had hung up those curtains. I began to wonder what had happened to her. I turned and walked back out into the yard and sat down on a fallen tree. I noticed there wasn't any snow on that tree. Perhaps a storm had recently visited the mountains and blown it over. As I looked around, I could see a, a little toy wagon way up under the porch. A wagon that only had three wheels. And I wondered, where were the children that once played with that broken wagon? I can't explain it, but I reached in my coat pocket and got a little paper sack out. And I thought I'd like to paint a word picture of that place. I began the lyrics with... This old house once knew my children. This old house once knew my wife. Well, you know the rest of the story. This old house was a song hit of seven different countries at the same time. But I don't think that anyone ever got the true meaning that I intended the song to convey. You see, I wrote it to be a sad song. And when I made the first recording, I did it that way. But then the recording industry said, Oh, Stuart, you're all wrong. To be a hit, it's got to have a real bounce to it. Well, not long ago, I was up in our attic and happened to run across that first old tape recording that I'd made. Perhaps if you listen to it, you can get the true meaning that I wanted the song to have. You see, most people thought the song was just about a poor, lonely prospector and his half-dead dog that had cashed in their blue chips way up high in the Sierra Mountains during a wild storm. But that wasn't it at all. The song was about two houses. The house that's made of mud, brick, and wood, and stone that a man builds. And the other house, the mortal house. The house that the maker of men has loaned to the man for such a short short time. Ain't I gonna need this house no longer I'm getting ready to meet the stage. This 
this old house once knew my children. This old house once knew my wife. This old house was home and comfort as we fought the storms of life. This old house once rang with laughter. This old house heard many a shout. Now she trembles in the darkness when the lightning walks about. But ain't gonna need this house no longer. Ain't gonna need this house no more. Ain't got time to fix the shingles. Ain't got time to fix the floor. Ain't got time to oil the hinges. Bottom in the window pane. Ain't gonna need this house no longer. I'm getting ready to meet the saints. This old house is a getting shaky. This old house, it's getting old. This old house lets in the rain. This old house lets in the cold. On my knees I'm getting chilly, but I feel no fear nor pain, cause I see an angel peeking through a broken window pane, but ain't gonna need this house no Ain't gonna need this house no more. Ain't got time to fix the shingles. Ain't got time to fix the floor. Ain't got time to oil the hinges. Bottom in the window pane. Ain't gonna need this house no longer. I'm getting ready to meet the saints. My old hound dog lies asleep. He don't know I'm gonna leave. Else he'd wake up by the fireplace. He'd just sit there and howl and grieve. But my hunting days are over. We ain't going hunting anymore. Gabriel done brought in my chariot when the wind blew down the door. But I ain't gonna need this house no longer. Ain't gonna need this old house no more. Ain't got time to fix the shingles. Ain't got time to fix the floor. Ain't got time to oil the hinges. Autumn in the window pane. Ain't gonna need this house no longer. I'm getting ready to meet the same. Boy, you can almost picture that old house. <laughs> there we go. Hello. I 
I guess we we got the wrong button or we lost you or something here, Captain Neil. <laughs> 